we have this in our head of how we're going to be perceived if we enforce these boundaries, but the reality is people want you to have those boundaries. Hello everybody, Mike Andolfo here, and it is another episode of the Align Life Pro, and we are at the end of October, so we are going to review our boundaries theme, and I am joined, as always, by New York Times bestselling author, Michael Lennington, and the queen of coaching, Kristen Tabbert. So I'm getting a little pushback from my guys. They, they tell me if I'm introducing Michael as the best-selling author and Kristen as the queen of coaching, they want me to have a nickname. And I'm like, I'm not going to introduce myself with a nickname. And, not, and they're, you know, they all want me to be the, the godfather and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not going to – I was like, no, we're not, we're not doing that's, that. That's too easy. Godfather's too easy. Yeah, we got, it's, it's got to become a little more natural, right? Yeah, yeah. It, so. It'll come out when it comes out, just like, you know – Boomer came out organically. I struggled with the queen of coaching a little bit. It felt kind of um, egotistical or I, I don't know, but now I've embraced it. I love it. I, I'm asking for a tiara for Christmas. <laughs> we can we can make that happen, I think. All right. We had an incredible month of boundaries. Well, the theme of boundaries. I don't know about our personal boundaries, but the theme of boundaries I thought went really well. And this is really, I, I said this the other day in our, uh, in our senders group. September we had a theme, but this is really our first like full-on inversion uh, with the Patreon subscription. Of course, if you want to become one of our patrons and get all of the resources that we give out, just go to patreon.com slash pro, and that link will be in the show notes. So we're basically October was our first full-on month with all of our guest speakers and influencers and bonus episodes that the Patreon subscribers get. And I couldn't be more thrilled about how this thing played out and how it built. And uh, I'm really excited about it. And I hope you guys are too. Oh, it's been an incredible month for me, not just from my own personal learning journey about boundaries, and it's going to be an ongoing thing with me. But I think it's really given me a lot of good basis to really talk really authentically and honestly with my clients about where their struggles have been lying. And it's not necessarily with production or planning. It's, I've got boundaries that people are stepping over and I can plan all day long, but if people, I, I let those people do that, it's going to impact my ability to effectively execute my plan. Yeah. You know, for me, I had an existential crisis and I, and I always wanted one of those. So now that I've had one, I think I could have kind of marked it off my life list, but here's, it must have not been very big because I didn't even recognize it or notice it. I I can hide stuff pretty well. Well, maybe I always look like I'm in crisis. That's, that's a possibility. Actually, I I may, I may have some uh, information that that is, that is true in my life. But um, what I'll say is that I hit a wall, whatever you want to call it, a few days ago, just with my boundaries that I'm creating for myself in my daily routine. And I really, I hit some areas of growth, some opportunity areas, and I got frustrated with it. And I, I was getting kind of angry almost with the boundaries. And I realized it's because I, I didn't really treat boundaries as boundaries and, and I've learning something about myself and some of that stuff. So it's been a really good process for me, not because I had great results, but because I had shitty results, I guess I'll say that. Now we're, now we're explicit. All right. So, uh, (laughs) that's all right. That's, that's usually me. That's that's the first one. I think, I think that's the first time that the Align Lake Pro has been explicit. The horse racing show, you know, because of Megan Devine, uh, becomes explicit all the time. So (laughs) by the way, super exciting news too. I, and this will come out in time for the, our listeners to tune in. But the uh, the horse racing happy hour will be live at the Breeders' Cup. I'm really excited about that at Keeneland. So I know Chris is extremely jealous. Very jealous. jealous. <laughs> 
So we'll so be on jealous. ESPN Louisville uh, from 10 to noon on Friday and Saturday of Breeders' Cup. I'm really pumped on, but you can go to ESPNLouisville.com and stream us if you want to listen to the horse racing show. Totally different, Mike Gandolfo. You get it completely. You get the Mike Gandolfo sitting around the bar at that in that in that show, not the uh, introspective, uh, growth-minded Mike Gandolfo. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> how how much of the how much of your evaluation of the morning routine and the barriers that have popped up are a result of the bonus episode that you recorded with us? Um, probably. Um, most of it, because I, I think as I started to think about um, all of the all of the ways in which um, you know the world kind of in, infiltrates my day, I realized that I was I was thinking I had barriers up, but I didn't, and I realized that my biggest issue is that I, I let work kind of come in across my whole day, and I have this end of day barrier that that you know I'm supposed to end my day at, at a certain time, and in, in, inevitably I'm going way past that time. So I, I get up at four, and I and I'm working till five thirty, six o'clock some days, and that's just crazy hours. You can't maintain it, and. Um, I realized that when he when he was talking about these boundaries, you're talking about Carlos, right? Carlos, yeah. Yep. Is that what you were talking about? No, I'm, oh, well, I was talking about oh. your actual episode. So just so people are aware, we had Sorry. we had a, a, an interview with Greg Chaplin that is not released on the podcast, which was phenomenal. Uh, Michael did a episode on his morning routine, and then Carlos Hidalgo, who uh, was our boundaries expert that we had come on to our Cinders group. Um, those were our three kind of bonus content things for our Patreon subscribers. And then Kristen and I did a follow-up session after Carlos's talk. And, um, Carlos was, I think Carlos challenged the way a lot of us think, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that's really where I kind of crashed into my routine and what was wrong with it. Cause, cause I decided that I, a barrier, I had a barrier. I mean, it might, my, my got my sheet and if you look at the sheet that we put up um it's got an end of day right but i was treating that as a barrier i need to create a barricade in fact i was thinking you know putting a boundary or something like more more permanent chris said no you need a barricade so i like got this barricade now with like stanchions and stuff behind it and you know rocks piled up so that is going to be my end of day time and i'm just i don't care where i am at that point i'm stopping and i'm walking out that's right. just that is going to happen that way so Kristen, michael just kind of introduced the whole topic of going from boundaries to barriers to barricades kind of expand on that a little bit I yeah, steal so, her ideas all the time. So. <laughs> so, well, no, you actually had the idea to begin with. You talked about, you know, I needed a, a barrier. And that's when I said, no, I think you need that barricade. But then um, as I thought about that more, I was working with one of my coaching clients on Friday and we were discussing the boundaries and the difference between a boundary versus a barrier versus a barricade. So boundaries are really important, but as, as we kind of went through this month of October, I realized that, that boundaries, although they are important, they can be somewhat uh, ambiguous. They can be fluid. They can be moved. I mean, much like you would put a fence around livestock, you know, protect the livestock, keep the predators out. Those boundaries can be moved somewhat easily, or you can allow things in and out of them pretty easily. Barrier gives you a little more protection, if you will, but still breachable. But then we start talking about the barricade, the fortress. There are just some things in your life that shouldn't be able to be breached uh, without some mass amounts of dynamite. You know what I mean? We should have barricades around those things in our, our day, our routine that are just completely protected. And that's where we're doing the most important things. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's the, when you think about kind of what we're trying to get people to do 
you know, as a whole, we're trying to get you to really focus on what's important now and the, the activities that move the needle in your life. Put the barricades around those activities mm-hmm. in such a way that you can accomplish those things, knowing that you're going to have all this other stuff that still is going to go on anyway, right? Yeah. Like we're, we're trying to come up with a plan for people to execute, quite honestly, in a very short amount of time every day so that they can live their life the rest of the time. And uh, it, you cannot do that. And I thought what Michael said was really interesting. He said the awareness of where his boundaries were being infiltrated and how they were being violated by the outside world. And if if that's all you got out of this month was being a little bit more aware of the things that got you off kilter, well, that's that's a huge win. That's a huge win. And now you can put, you know, decide, do, do I need a boundary? Do I need a barrier? Or do I need a barricade? So, Michael, I mean, I think that's extremely astute that you said, all right, this end of day has to have a barricade. And he, and he actually verbalized it to us on a call. He's like, I'm not going to answer my phone after 4 o'clock. You know, someone, if someone wants to reach me, I have to, you had to call the other number. So I tested it. I yeah. called it 4.05, and then sure enough, it went straight to voicemail. So it was you know, a huge win for Michael right there. But, it's you know, the problem with that is – great. I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, and I, I, I want to hear what you said, but I just got to follow up with what Mike said, and that is that he, he talks about these barriers like they're outside of me, and some of them are, but some of them are between my ears. Sometimes my brain and what I want to do is not what I have written down. So, so one of the things I've got to do is kind of allow myself to just say, okay, I'm not going to do that right now. I'm just going to focus on this because I, I'm my own worst enemy. I get interested in something, I start chasing a rabbit trail in in that four o'clock boundary or barrier or barricade just is, you know, I just blow right through it. So it's not just for the external stuff, it's my internal. So I got, that's when I'm shutting me off too. And I'm moving into my, my afternoon mode, my relaxation mode. For me, it's just one more thing and one more thing and one more thing. Let me just get one more thing done and then I'm done. No, I'm sorry. Let me just get this one last thing. Oh wait, there's one more last thing. And I do that a lot. Yes, I've witnessed that. I will testify to that. And I got to tell you, as your husband, that's really helpful because you get a lot of stuff done. But at another level, it's frustrating because we're going to go do something and the one more things eat up the go do something time. So in a sense, you have your own your own internal uh, I do. breakers. I yeah. absolutely do. And and what it amounts to then is frustrations build up. At, and at me. As, well, you at, at a lot of people. I mean, you all three witnessed the other morning on a call. It was expletive this expletive that frustrated with this resentful of this expletive thing i mean i think if i had to pay a dollar for every every expletive that came out of my mouth that morning all three of us could probably retire (laughs) and it was because those boundaries had been breached for about two weeks by you by me and you know as as mike has been saying throughout this whole monthly theme you know People will will cross those boundaries as sure. much as will will allow it. So, you know, as much as I want to get mad at the things that were infringing and, and encroaching over my boundary lines, they couldn't have done it without my permission. Well, and that's exactly right. So when Michael talks about the internal struggle of, of boundaries, I think it's all the internal struggle because you're either it's a boundary in your head. So for me, if I'm carving out a time block to tackle this task, my free spirit takes over. And I'm like, all of a sudden, because that's what I carved out. It's like, well, I don't want to do that anymore. So uh, I love what Neil Gaiman, uh, an author, I listened to an interview he did. And he said, I'm going to give myself permission to either do the thing that I carved that time out or do nothing at all. But there's nothing in between. I'm either going to do this one thing that I've carved this time out for, or I'm going to do nothing at all. That way you still have choice, but you don't have the permission to go just, you know, 
peruse the internet or do whatever else it might be or uh, because that's probably the biggest internal struggle I have is just honoring the time blocks I have for the stuff I need to work on that no one's seen what I'm working on. It's not dependent on someone else being there. I'm not meeting with a client. I'm not having a conversation with you guys. It's just, I've got to get this stuff done and protecting that. Or if it is allowing an external force to kind of come in and violate your boundary, you, you know, Kristen's kind of alluded to it. You get what you tolerate. And if you tolerate that, it's going to happen. You know, you learn that extremely fast as a school teacher. When you're dealing with middle school, high school kids, elementary school kids, you're going to get what you tolerate. And that line is that boundary. You have to communicate. Everybody should be a teacher at some point because you have to communicate your boundaries so clearly. And you have to hold those boundaries on a daily basis because they're going to continually test where that line is and what they can get away with. It's a, it is a great practice just to kind of go through that. So yeah, you know, my favorite teachers were the teachers you could break their boundaries down. Like, so you didn't want to talk about what the lecture was going to be or you, whatever. You just started asking them questions about something else, and they'd go off for the whole hour on something else. That was me, I love by the those way. Teachers. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I love those teachers because then you know I could do what I wanted to do, or we could do. And, what we wanted. But I you think know, we all have that tendency a little bit because <laughs> I I do that in coaching calls sometimes. Somebody else say something, and it's an interesting tidbit. And I, I want to hear what they have to say, because it at one level, it gives me some insights into how my clients think and, and things like that. But then there's also just that really, that's a cool thing. I want to talk about this further element. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, so you said something else, Mike. I want to just, before we let it pass and go off to sure. the past and never forget about it. It's like, <laughs> that was hilarious. So in a sense, past Mike. The mic that set up this this time block for and had these ideas about what needed to be done. The time block is resented by present Mike. He's looking right. back at past Mike and saying, "Man, that past Mike, I don't like that sob." Man, you're I'm not going to tell me what to do. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's hilarious. To be such a free spirit that you're not going to like telling yourself what to do is is a problem. <laughs> that could and, that could be an extreme, yeah. Yeah, and then I can justify it. So that's the other problem with it too. So well, present Mike is smarter than past Mike because you've learned more stuff now. So it's, oh, it's just the awareness, you know. So okay, let's talk about future Mike then. Yeah, how does future Mike look? Fit he's he's going to hate past and present Mike because future Mike's going to be suffering because none of the stuff got done that was supposed to get done. <laughs> well, that's right. Future Mike's the one who suffers, and and I'm just you know just the idea of how much you have to be aware of with these boundaries because if you don't go through some thought process. And understand how then, and this is really, to me, works out awesome because our next month in November, we're going to focus on business planning, but planning in general. And and really, you set your parameters with your boundaries, and then you can plan within your boundaries. You can also do vice versa, though. You have your plan, and then you figure out what boundaries need to be in place for you to be effectively execute your plan. And and they and so there's this symbiotic relationship Ooh. that exists between planning and boundaries. And I'm really excited that we're going to do that in November as we're going to kind of go into that planning phase. I was, I was taken by symbiotic. So that, I was that, too. I was yeah. making notes. <laughs> so, so anyway, the symbiotic relationship is, is cool because like you pointed out that you, the, in a sense, a plan is a choice. It's a plan sure. for an outcome you want to create and a, a set of actions you're going to take to create that outcome at its core level. And then, so that's a, that's a choice. And then the boundaries that you need to put in place so that choice can actually be brought to fruition is, is really good because then the boundaries and the plan interact to accomplish the goal. Without the boundaries, the plan is going to struggle. Without the plan, you don't need the boundaries. So together, the symbiotic relationship, they, they, they really kind of reinforce one another. It's kind of a cool idea. I feel like we're almost getting into inception territory with boundaries and planning and planning and boundaries and boundaries and planning and planning and boundaries. But the reality of it is, like, for example, we've all kind of expressed some need for a health goal. 
And you have to understand what your boundaries are going to be with your health, because if it's going to be a workout routine, if it's going to be a, 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 an eating strategy, whatever those boundaries might be, and then you have to plan to make that happen because it goes against the path of least resistance. Having a good, healthy lifestyle goes against the path of least resistance. Oh, sure or does. you have to set it up. You have to have the boundaries in place, the barriers or the barricades in place so that the, it becomes the path of least resistance, You know, so that you can avoid the unhealthy habits because avoiding is way easier than resisting. And that's been another thing that I've really kind of seen this month as I've kind of studied it further and further is that it's way easier to avoid than it is to resist. And you have to have this optimal environment set up with the boundaries that you put in place so that you can create the path of least resistance towards those habits that you want to have. So if you don't do that, we've talked about this multiple times and we'll probably talk about it a lot more in the future. We have a finite amount of decision-making ability. Mm -hmm. And when we're spending our decision capacity on things that aren't important, we hit decision fatigue and we're unable to really give good decision process to the really important things and to what you were talking about mike you know when when this week for us has just been one thing after another yep. it's just an incredibly busy week and it's something as simple as five o'clock rolls around and we have to make dinner and I don't have anything laid out. There's no meat thawed. There's nothing to cook. You might not you know, have even been to the grocery. That <laughs> happened a lot this week. Yep. And so suddenly it was, we either have to go out, we have to buy groceries, or we have to door dash it. And, you know, that's in total opposition sure. to doing the health thing. And, but because we are so fatigued with our decisions, that was the path of least resistance. And it gave us the worst possible outcome. Yeah, you know, that's that's a really good point, Kristen. I, I think it's summed up by in vogue when they said, free your mind and the rest will follow. I don't know if you guys remember that, but that was when I was much younger. I, I remember that song. I like you pulling pull the in vogue reference. Yeah, there that's you go. Pretty... But, but it's kind of what you guys are talking about, right? You, so so the barrier that you have, it, it you guys are talking about is this decision making barrier is it's if you can make a decision that you just have already decided before you encounter the opportunity to make a different decision that you're not going to do that. Sometimes you can kind of rely on that, that lock in or that mindset to keep you from from having to make the decision over and over again. So for example, when when I am in my health minded mode, you know, I know what I can eat, what I can't eat. And so I would I organize, organize my day around when I would eat certain things. And I was on Weight Watchers point counting process at the time. And I, I liked red wine. I still do. And so I would actually plan out my day. So I knew how many points I got in the morning, in the afternoon, so I could have two glasses of red wine in the evening and still maintain my point total. I lost a boatload of pounds, but I had never, I didn't even think about eating more in the morning, in the afternoon, because I knew what the benefit was. And I had already made the decision. I wasn't going to eat it. I mean, it wasn't, it just had, it was like, a no brainer, literally. So, so that's, that's an important part of boundaries is being able to say here, Mike, here's this decision that you're making, right? Kristen, that you, you're going to, you're going to pay the price now mentally before you actually encounter it. So that when you encounter it, you're not, you're not debating with yourself. Eh, I've been good. I should eat that. Cause, cause you've already made the decision. That's not what you do. You want to make sense. You want to know how I did that? Yeah. All right. So on the food side specifically Friday night with our family, we have a Friday night family dinner just where the four of us are going to be there. It's our Friday night family feast, fancy family feast. We get out the good China and all that kind of stuff. So like last night, cause we're recording on a Saturday last night, we had filet and lobster tail and 
you know, like we have, we're going to have a good fancy dinner Friday night. And because of that, you create the one meal that you're looking for, but I got to go to the grocery and I got to shop for the other meals. And so I know all the kind of, I can go ahead and get all the meal planning out for the week, get it all set up the way it needs to be set up. But we're going to, we know we're going to have this celebration on Friday night. And it doesn't mean it has to be unhealthy because I think actually, you know, filet and lobster tail is actually not that unhealthy at all. It's really you know? good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a red meat, filet's, filet's the, least, the, the least fatty. So, yeah. So I, I think that's kind of the boundary we put in place is, you know, and then that thing actually, it's a way for us to celebrate the week together and have some family time, but it also helps set up some other habits as well. So, yeah, and you look yeah. forward to it, right? You're going to look forward to having a fancy dinner on Friday nights. Yeah. Michael's looking at me like we had apples and cheese for dinner last night. <laughs> and I love apples and cheese though. So, Well, you guys are getting ready to move closer. You can just join us for our Friday night family dinner. So there you go. So, there you go. Nice. Be careful, Mike. <laughs> You want you sure you want to open that boundary? Hey, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. You all can join the family. So, I think that this has been an incredible month. So, I just want to kind of go through, especially the bonus stuff. And if you missed out on the bonus stuff, sign up for a Patreon level. Go to Patreon.com/slash/AlignLifePro. And I just kind of want to do a real quick recap to end the show about what we did this month. And like I said, it started out with Greg Chaplin, kind of giving us two insights. So for people who don't know who Greg Chaplin is, Greg is this uh, incredible real estate team leader in Virginia Beach. And he started out, he came out of corporate America, out of a corporate sales job. And he took the, some of the processes he had to put into place in the corporate sales role and he applied it to his real estate business. And he became the largest mega team in the Virginia Beach market. So, I mean, I talked to Greg the other day. They, they closed, they had their 1,000th closing over the last three years. You know, and for people who are in real estate, that's, I mean, that's getting it done. He explained, A, you and you all saw this live about just the way he approaches a process, and you guys were extremely impressed by that. And then he also went into the personal business standards he put into place early in his career that gave him the foundation to uh, achieve what he's been able to achieve. Basically, he gave the secret sauce of how he went from starting in the real estate business to having this incredible team. What were your all's takeaways specifically about the process? Because I know that was something that you all were taken by when you heard it live. So even though it was it was real estate specific when he did it, what really came across is you could take the word real estate out and plug in your industry vernacular and the process was solid across any industry 100% of the time. How often do you get 100% odds? You don't. And yet what he did, it could be financial services. It could be real estate. It could be IT sales. I I was impressed. I It, it went into any industry. He simplified yeah. it. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. And I think, I think um, current Mike or present, or present Mike, present Greg um, was listening to to pass Greg in that case, because he, he figured out what he wanted to do. And, and a lot of people feel constrained and, and I'm not picking on you, Mike, it's just cause you made that comment earlier, but, um, <laughs> the, that, cause I do it, I do it too. I've, sure. but, but I'd rather make, make fun of you than make fun of me. So I like making fun of both of you. That's yeah, right. It's easy. It's easy targets there, hon. What I, what I think is, is that it's hard to, to really, I mean, most of us can figure out what we should do. What I, what I was thinking about was, was the genius that, that Greg has in terms of how he actually does it. And, the, the process of, of what he's going to do is so tightly managed. And, and so what, what happens is if, if what he doesn't control is how his clients think and act, right? Right. So his clients, 
will will wander off the process, wander off the path, right? Because they get distracted or they have their own ideas about how things should happen and you know they don't trust the realtor or whatever. But the pot, but the bottom line, he's got this process of bringing them back on that on that path. And he and he just he, it's like judo. He doesn't he doesn't get upset, doesn't yell at him. He just kind of gently kind of brings them back and pretty soon he's they're back on the track. But he doesn't let them stay off the path because by staying on that path, there's this kind of value he creates for them that they're even kind of unaware of until right. the end. But he knows like he's he's the he's the guy who's got the vision. And so he helps his clients get so much value out of his process. He gets so much value out of his process. I was I got writer's cramp taking notes. It was amazing. Yeah. The, was pro really the process is so efficient that that's what's leading to those numbers of transactions yeah, absolutely. that they're doing. You can't do those kinds of, of numbers, that volume without being really, really efficient. Even even with those those uh, wandering off the path a bit, he's even got that controlled. Yeah, and I just think everything he gave, like Michael said, was applicable to no matter what industry you're in, and uh, both in the process and the uh, his personal business standard stuff, is it was fantastic. So Mike, you said you said that he started these processes early on in in his business, right? He started he started implementing these disciplines, yep. these routine processes. Um, what if you're What if you're older? Um, is that harder to do? Do you think? Well, um, let me. Put, um, I guess early on in his career, I mean, he he started his real estate career later in life. So okay. I, I mean, I, I think you know, obviously the the older you are the more ingrained certain habits are. When you have this, and, and quite honestly, a lot of people take real estate as like a twilight career, right? So, and sometimes you're going from an employee position where you get a paycheck every two weeks to becoming a 1099, you know, where your income is not as normal. And- Consistent. <laughs> and you don't realize that the world is kind of set up to only deal with people who get paid every two weeks. And so it, it takes a whole different skill set. And so I think because you get thrown into those deep waters, people are quick to kind of adjust their systems so that they can survive. I, I think in Greg's case, yeah. you know, he he wasn't a spring chicken. Sorry, Greg, you're going to love me when you hear this. <laughs> when he went into real estate, right. okay? But he had learned some things early on. So, Mike, your, Michael, your question was, you know, do you think he had challenges trying to, and I think because he had some of those processes kind of ingrained from from prior learnings, prior careers, that when he walked into the real estate, that he had foundations, and he just solidified those foundations. He put boundaries around his time and his his processes, and he he made sure that he stayed in those boundaries and that that his clients stayed in those boundaries and i think that's what made his process so rock solid and so successful and i think honestly he goes from probably a corporate world and he realizes what he doesn't want as well right you know it's mm -hmm. like i don't want these things so i'm going to put these boundaries in place and then you go into a, a real estate business and you start to see those old habits kind of creep in and those boundaries being infringed on and you and you're falling into that same trap of what you said you didn't want before because it's comfortable and you know it but he had the awareness to say, "Whoa, that's not what I wanted. Like I've got to, I've got to put stuff in place right now so that doesn't spiral out of control, and I'm just repeating the same processes that I did before and that got me the frustrations I had before." Yeah, I think I think for me, um, what I've noticing with this daily routine stuff that I've been working on since, um, which since is a good March. segue because that's the second thing that we did was you went in depth on your daily routine. That was the second bonus content piece. Right, right. And you know, what, what's interesting about that is I'm installing new processes and procedures, you know, and I'm a boomer. I'm literally, right. you know, so most people at 62 are kind of, you know, 
either either retired and and relaxing and enjoying the fruits of their labor, or you know they they uh, aren't where they wanted to be and they're continuing to work at what they're doing. But for me, I'm neither one of those. I'm not retired, and I I can pretty much do what I want to do, and I'm really working on me right now. And and I I, I think that no matter where you are in your career, you can always get better no matter where you are. And, and one of the ways of getting better is to building in these routines and processes and, and systematized processes that help you accomplish your goals most efficiently. And, and it, in a way, I think it kind of keeps you young. It keeps your mind active. It keeps your mind kind of working through, you know, how things should, should, should flow and, and then experiencing that. So I find that, you know, so for those folks who are in my my generation or older is that, you know, you're, as long as you're drawing air, you can change. As long as you're drawing air, every passing moment is another chance to turn it all around, as they say. And I think that's where, where I want to encourage wherever you are in your career um, to look at the power of these boundaries, look at the power of this, this kind of process we're talking about that Greg has that that's really kind of allowed him to be so successful at what he does um, and, and, and take the elements of that and apply it for yourself. Cause, cause I think the benefits are, are incredibly beneficial and I know that's redundant. And also you making any kind of progress is better than making no kind of progress. And, we uh, had this conversation last night and, and I said, you know, at, at my age right now, I feel like my brain is the best it's ever been. And that should be kind of counterintuitive to what my age is. And because of what we're doing and what we're learning and what we're continually growing in, tomorrow my brain's gonna be better than it is today. And I, I feel like I am just at my absolute best today and looking forward to getting even better tomorrow. Well, could it be that your brain isn't actually in decline and that because it's declining, it thinks it's better than it was yesterday? That would be you, Boomer. Oh, okay. <laughs> And by the way, uh, Michael made the transition from 61 to 62 during this month of October. So happy birthday. Thank and, you. And uh, you successfully made another trip around the sun. So I did. Another yeah. trip around the sun. It was a great one, too. I there you tell. go. The uh, So we kind of touched on So Greg's interview, Michael goes in depth about his ever-evolving morning routine and kind of the basis of that and how it kind of came about and out of the necessity, which was a really good episode. And then we had the conversation with Carlos Hidalgo. And just real quick, like what was your number one takeaway from Carlos Hidalgo, Kristen? So my number one takeaway with, with Carlos Hidalgo was, was the importance of boundaries. Without boundaries, our lives can really fall apart. He talked about his, his wife leaving him, his, his, the relationships with his kids. Um, but what came out of that even more so was how do we set those boundaries? We know the importance of it, but how do we do it? And I don't think there's a cookie cutter answer for that. Everybody's a little bit different. Um, and so, so for me, what came out of his conversation on the importance of boundaries was how do I help people then begin to take steps on how to set boundaries? And we've got to recognize, you know, where those areas are and, and where the most important places that you want to make that first initial progress on those boundaries, you know, putting that stake in the sand or, or on that boundary line. So that's, that's what I took away from it. That's great stuff. Can I just add to that? Absolutely. Quickly? I was going to ask so, you next. The good news is, is that through barriers and boundaries, the boundaries, actually, the way he talks about it, um, is, is his wife came back. He used, yeah. he used boundaries to actually make the changes necessary to rebuild a relationship with his wife, which is really a profound thought, that boundaries helped him to recover a key point of his life. The other thing I, that sort of jumped out at me was, as he was talking, I realized that you have boundaries. He, he had boundaries, right? But one of his boundaries was around his work. And his work was so important. He pushed that boundary out to its max. And he, and he left his, his family over here with very little room to live, right? So his boundary around his family was really small. 
And it was a one-way boundary. It kept this family from interrupting his work, but it didn't keep his work from interrupting his family. So it was, it was kind of like a semi-permeable membrane. <laughs> it went, it, it, the stuff could flow one way. And what's interesting about that is that all of us, you know, we kind of we kind of have these unconscious boundaries we put up around every you know, different aspects of our lives, and we create these unintentional consequences that comes out of that. And and just his awareness of of how his boundaries were were choking off certain parts of his life, and then over dedicating himself to other parts of his life was profound. And it was just his choice, right? So he made a different choice, and his life changed. What I want to say to that, you said something that really just triggered a thought for me is we set boundaries or our lack of boundaries have consequences and most often they're unintended consequences and most of the time they're negative consequences so if we can start shifting our thinking around boundaries and what the possible negative consequences can be if we don't instill them or we don't change them we can be proactive to get the more positive results we want and I think for me, the whole process that he went through and how he included his wife and they did it together. So they set those boundaries together. It wasn't it wasn't Carlos just saying, hey, I need to change. I'm going to start doing this stuff and this stuff. He sat down with his wife, said, hey, what's important to us? They kind of came up with these agreements and these boundaries together. And then he communicates those in such a simple way with those people when they uh, when whenever they have an inquiry, he sends this slide that flat out just says, hey, this is kind of what's important to me. And these are the boundaries I have in place to protect it. And people celebrate them for that. You know, I think that was the number one thing. We were, we're so afraid of communicating these boundaries because we're afraid of how we're going to be perceived by the person that we're enforcing these boundaries with. He told a story about how he made a commitment that he was going to take Fridays off. He had a client say, hey, I really want you to sit on like almost immediately because that's how it happens. I have a client who, uh, he had a client who really wanted to sit in on an important meeting on a Friday, and he just flat out said, I don't do it anymore. And he mustered up the courage and the strength to do it. He was really nervous to say, I just, I don't work Fridays. And the person said, that's awesome, and celebrated him for it. It's it's amazing to me that we have this in our head of how we're going to be perceived if we enforce these boundaries. But the reality is people want you to have those boundaries. Yes, Mike, our boundaries have to be for us. We should never set our boundaries on the assumptions that other people are going to like us for our boundaries that we set to make them feel comfortable. Yeah, you know, it's it's there's a, there was a band back in the 70s um, called the Eagles, for those of you who are not boomers. But the Eagles had a, had a song, one of the lines in it was, some people live their lives in prisons and never even know they have the key. And I think sometimes we assume that other people are, uh, are the boundary, but in fact, the boundaries are in our own head. And, and so that's example one with, with, uh, with uh, Carlos is that he was living his life with all these assumptions about what the boundaries were. And then when he tested them, they weren't there. That's, that's just so profound. That is. That's really profound. All right. Well, we are done with this capstone review, and we really hope that you enjoyed the month of October. Again, November, we are going to be talking about planning. Make sure that you get to patreon.com slash Pro. Become one of our patrons and get all this amazing bonus content. And uh, we really appreciate everybody listening. We want to hear about your success stories. You can connect with us uh, by emailing us, coach at alignlifepro.com. You can leave us a comment. You can find us on most social media platforms at Align Life Pro. 
uh, except for TikTok. I have not gotten Michael on TikTok yet. But We're <laughs> not doing TikTok. <laughs> no, we or are. Snapchat. No TikTok, no Snapchat. So we want to hear from you. Snapchat's not even, I, I, I think that's by the wayside now too. Yeah. I think, I wow. think. All right. So yeah, we'll see you next time on the Align Life Pro.